Most of us struggle with some kind of habit we'd like to break. But no matter what your bad habit is, you have the power to change it. Understanding the way the mind works can help rewire your brain and put an end to unhealthy behavior patterns without using willpower. Hi, welcome to Your Great Journey. Each week we offer you brief tips, techniques, and insights to help you move in positive directions and master big change. For more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Today we're talking with psychologist and coach Dr. Amy Johnson about her audiobook, The Little Book of Big Change, The No Willpower Approach to Breaking Any Habit. Drawing on a powerful combination of neuroscience and timeless spirituality, The Little Book of Big Change offers a groundbreaking new approach to lasting change. Your habits and addictions are the result of simple brain wiring that can easily be reversed. By learning to stop bad habits at the source, you can take charge of your habits and addictions for good. In today's conversation, Amy shares her story with Breaking Bad Habits. She also talks about her new audiobook and shares a few tips that will help you stop bad habits in their tracks. The Little Book of Big Change is published by Wetware Media and can be purchased from any major online audiobook retailer. If you'd like more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W E T W A R E M E D I A. My name is Amy Johnson, and I've been a coach and a psychologist for many years. I found myself in the middle of a binge eating habit that felt completely out of control for me. So I was really stuck in this habit, knowing everything I know about psychology and spirituality and self-help and even helping other people through very similar things. I was just really kind of in a corner myself. I could not see how to see around this and get out of it. So I was in and out of this habit for the better part of eight years. And I came across an understanding first about how the brain works. And it essentially, it really quickly just kind of said, our brain gets into habits. Our brain puts out these signals for, you know, do my habit. And we don't have to listen to that. There's something bigger in us that gets to veto that, basically, that decides whether we give in or we don't give in. I had a huge insight from that because I, I was feeling a lot of people caught up in habits and addictions are. I was feeling like I had to do that. And then I kind of went on to study a bigger, broader spiritual understanding that I'll share more about. And it really just filled out this picture for me. And I essentially walked away from this eight-year habit really quickly and quite easily. And so that inspired me. I started teaching these ideas to my clients, and I wrote the book, The Little Book of Big Change, really about that understanding. So the spiritual side of this, what I initially heard was really just about the physical brain. And then as I started to look more into, okay, what's true of all of our human experience? If it works this way, if my brain can have a habit and send out these really painful, really uncomfortable urges at times to like just go eat, you know, it feels like life or death. And it's the same. Anyone who's had any habit or addiction knows whether it's for shopping or gambling or drinking or anything, even like jealousy, even anxiety, we get so caught up in our experience. So our brain does that. 
And I really saw how the physical brain is just wired to do that. It's just a machine and it's just doing what it thinks is best. And then in the bigger sense, I started to see from my spiritual teachings, wow, all of our human experience, it all comes through a brain. Every thought, every feeling, every memory, every sensation, even physical sensations. And if my lower brain can tell me, go eat, but I don't have to listen, well, then any thought I have, any feeling I have, it can be there. It can be brought to life and feel so real. But before long, it's also going to change. There's just such a natural flow to all of human life that we feel stuff, it's brought to life, and then it changes. There's a backdrop behind that of health and peace. It's almost like we get bounced back to our true nature when we're not so caught up in what's in our heads. And so that filled out the picture for me. The Little Book of Big Change is a really, really different take on habits and addictions. Most things out there are going to give you ways of thinking, mindsets, mantras, ways to think, ways to feel, or, and especially, they're going to give you things to do. So everyone who goes about any kind of change, for the most part, and it's innocent, we focus on the behavior. We see our behavior, right? If you're smoking cigarettes, that's what's in your face every day, and that's what people are telling you, stop doing that. So of course, of course, you're going to think, okay, how do I stop doing this? And you're going to try to alter your behavior. But where the little book of big change is different is it looks deeper. When we just go at it and try to change our behavior, we're sort of at a very superficial level. We can all change behavior. We can all decide I'm going to go to the gym four days this week or I'm going to not smoke today. But it doesn't leave us seeing anything different. We need a lot of willpower for that. It just leaves us doing things differently, but it's kind of a surface level. Where my book is different is that it really takes the reader inside at the part of our habit that we don't see, which is most of it really, and helps us see how we really operate as human beings. And that sounds really big, but it's quite simple and practical, actually. It's helping us see that we just experience a lot of thoughts and feelings and we take them really seriously, and they really aren't. If we can learn to not take our thoughts and feelings so seriously and just see the truth of all that stuff, life gets a lot easier, and we don't get as caught up in things. So it's a different approach from a lot out there about habits and addictions. The pitfall of willpower, um, there are a few, but one is that it's an exhaustible resource. So you can be the strongest person on earth and have a ton of willpower, but you're not going to have it 24-7 and you're not going to have it for long. And the irony is the time when we need willpower the most is when we kind of have the least of it, you know? So if I'm in the middle of some urge to binge eat and all I can think about is just eating a bunch of ice cream, for example... I don't have a lot of willpower because my energy is being used up focused on ice cream. We are resilient and peaceful and we know how to live. We know how to be habit free. And then we experience lots of thought that says, no, you don't. What are you going to do? You really want this. But our thoughts just confuse us. But where our natural habit free self is, it's in there. It's beneath all that thought. So what willpower does, unfortunately, is it gets us up in the realm of thought. 
Because if I want to eat a bunch of ice cream and I'm going to use willpower, what do I do? I tell myself, no, you don't really want that. You can't do that, you know? And we go straight into our heads and we start arguing with ourselves. And that makes people feel bad, basically. (laughs) And when we feel bad, we want our habits more because our habits are there to help us feel better. Yeah, it's kind of ironic that we use willpower so much, but it really makes sense that we can use it for a short period of time. And sometimes we do see some very quick results and that gets people very excited. But it isn't a great strategy for long-term deep change. So easy when we've been doing something for a long time and feel really lost and really caught up in it to make that part of our identity. We do this with everything in life beyond habits. So, you know, I'm a student or I'm this or that, or I'm a mom. And of course, that's just the way humans talk. But when it comes to things like our habits, it could be really disastrous to do that because we really do start to feel like that's a fundamental part of who we are. And I always use this sky metaphor, the weather metaphor, because I just think it's so helpful to see that who we truly are as human beings, every one of us, no matter how long you've been addicted, no matter what's going on, we're like the sky. We're like the blue sky. We're clear. We're resilient. Weather comes through, sometimes really horrible weather, really, really painful weather, like tornadoes come through and they create a huge commotion. But the sky isn't affected. It's not like the sky is saying, oh no, I'm a tornado. The sky is just a container and the weather comes through and does what it does and then it leaves on its own every time without exception. We are habit-free, healthy, clear, like who every one of us is. When our thinking settles down, that's where we go back toward. It's really important to see that that really isn't who we are. All all of that is is just a description of the weather that's coming through. And no matter what that description of weather is for you, it's not you. And there's always there's always a healthy you beneath there that can come out at any time. We all have lots of habits. Some are really disastrous or potentially dangerous, you know, and unhealthy. And others aren't so much. But I think it's interesting and important to see that as human beings with brains, we are creatures of habit. Our brain is in the habit of telling our heart to beat all the time, which is a really good habit. (laughs) So we like habits. Habits themselves are not the problem. It's just that when we face times in life when we're caught up in the weather, we're caught up in our own thinking, and we're feeling really bad, and we do something to try to feel better, or we stumble upon something that makes us feel better, then our brain remembers that. It's a a totally adaptive thing. Your brain is thinking, whoa, she or he felt awful. Then they took a drink, or they went shopping, or they did this or that, and now they feel better. Let's remember that. It's so innocent, and it's helpful, really. But we misunderstand our experience and then we start thinking, oh, I need this outside thing in order to feel better. When people start to see there's nothing outside that can make us feel anything, even the reason why a habit helps us feel good for a short period of time 
is that the thinking settles down. That's always what it is. Because we are, we do feel good constantly. We just get distracted by our thoughts and feelings and we don't realize it. (laughs) So we have lots of emotions, obviously. I'm not saying everyone always knows they feel good, but the capacity for feeling good is in us always. It never goes away. It's just either we're feeling that because there's a clear channel and we're just in a without a lot on our minds, or our minds are really crowded and cluttered and we're feeling that. We're feeling our thinking rather than our true nature. Habits start in all kinds of ways, but essentially it's always just a way that we're looking to feel better and then we misunderstand our experience so it starts to take root from there. hard to hear sometimes, but one of the first things I would say to someone who's caught up in a habit is just take a deep breath, relax, know that truly, truly, you are fine. You are habit-free and you have everything you need, information-wise, strength-wise. You're just caught up in surface-level thinking and feelings that feel super, super real. They do to everybody. That's just how our experience feels. But the more you see okay, all my thoughts and feelings and cravings and urges and all of this stuff, it's like weather passing through and I don't have to give into it all. It gets a lot easier. You don't need more information. You need to just let your mind settle down and that insight and the common sense really is within you. Part of why the little book of Big Change seems a little counterintuitive is that it is a really different way of going about habit change. I describe it a lot using the example of an iceberg. So an iceberg, you know, we see maybe 10% of it that's visible and that's really big, but we don't see there's like 90% of it that's underwater. When we think about our habits, again, we kind of go to the tip of the iceberg, the behavior, and we do a bunch of stuff to try to change it. It's like trying to beat away at the tip of an iceberg, thinking I'm going to make this thing go away with a chisel or something. And that takes a lot of work. (laughs) Like we can do it. You might make a dent in it, but man, it takes a lot of work. And you're missing the point. You're staying on the surface. So this understanding helps people change really from the inside out. When we see that we're habit-free, And the only time our habits there is when our thinking is all jacked up and we can just let our thinking settle down. It starts to shift things from the inside out and it doesn't take massive action. You have a sea change, like you see life differently. So for me, I started to see, I still had some urges to binge eat after I learned all this, but I started to see, oh, I'm feeling all kinds of stuff, but I know about this. This is temporary. This settles down on its own. I don't want to act on this. You know, I just saw it differently because I had some real insight. So that's one of the ways that it's really different and really counterintuitive. Thanks for listening to this conversation with Dr. Amy Johnson about her audiobook, The Little Book of Big Change, The No Willpower Approach to Breaking Any Habit. You can purchase the audiobook from any major online audiobook retailer. If you'd like more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please rate it and review it. Thanks for listening.